scary crit. What up, podcast people? And happy new year. Happy Ooh. new year. We done made it over. Hallelujah. Oh my Praise. God. Woo. Back in March, I didn't think we were gonna. When March w- went from like four weeks to three months of being March, I was so concerned. Yeah, it was a, it was a weird year, like looking back. Um, and it went by so quick because it for so long it just you know everybody's routine was, um, you know, null and void. So um, you're just I don't know. Time really went by. Now we're in 2021. Um, yeah, my taxes are going to be all screwed up. I don't want to talk about it. Can you not, <laughs> let's not. Let's not. You know. Let's not even go there. But, but you know, it's let's not do it. Let's not because I'm like that's been in the back of my head since you know a, a long time now. Because I know. Let's not talk about it. Um, <laughs> so, um, question of the day, um, and I and this is actually funny because the title of the movie we're creating today, you know, um, <laughs> how did you get, how did you get over your fear of the dark if you had one? I think every kid was afraid of the dark at one point, just because things, especially I feel like kids like us who watched scary movies and, and stuff like that because then you just imagine no, all the other things like, <laughs> like demons in the corner it's not it's not okay but I think I don't know because I'm still one of those adults like you see the memes online where or like the videos online where it's like you turn on all the lights and then go downstairs and then you the turn basement, them off and like yep. run up yep. <laughs> I'm still that person <laughs> but I just kind of have to talk myself down like no Lauren it's a coat it's fine. <laughs> it's not a demon in the corner looking at you. It's a chair. It's okay. It's a chair. Yeah. Um, what about I you? Did you do anything like specific? Actually, yes. I used to be deathly afraid of the dark because, you know, I'm a 90s baby. So Goosebumps was the shit back then. I mean, it still is. It's, it's, it's really, you know, it's an it's a icon for me. Um, but reading the books, but really watching the show as a kid, like, let's say like, I don't know, six to eight, it, you know, um, I would be, my imagination <laughs> would run wild and I would just be, I would be so scared to go to sleep, like, I, like physically, emotionally afraid to go to sleep. Like, um, even without a nightlight, like I was scared because I thought, you know, the monsters from Goosebumps were going to come and get me, you know, they were going (laughs) to come and collect me. Um, but the funny thing was, um, again, my imagination. So during that same time, you know, at night or late afternoon, mid afternoon, you know, Goosebumps, but also during the day, another show came on an animated one by the name of Sailor Moon. Yes, Sailor Moon. (laughs) Um, I would say I credit her for saving me from my fear of the dark or getting rid of it. Cause you know, um, I would be, you know, imagine goosebumps while laying in bed, just deathly afraid. But then I'm like, why don't we just think about ceremony? Like, what are the scouts up to? Why don't we come up with our own little scenarios? And then like, I don't know, but it was like, gradually, I just, I just started thinking about that instead of goosebumps and the dark was not scary anymore. Like it just became a regular thing. Um, so thank you for to my girls, the the Sailor, Sailor Squad. Yeah, Amy, Ray, Serena, um, Mina, Lita. I'm using their American names, but you know, all that. Did you ever um, read the Animorphs books? You know, I didn't. And I feel so bad because I feel like I missed out on so much. Like I you would did. see them, 
I would see them right next to Goosebumps and everything and right next to all those other, like there were some other books, like chapter books that were big around that time. It was Goosebumps, Animorphs. Um, um, no, I don't want to say Amelia Bedelia. I think yeah, that was a little- Yeah, I was going to say Amelia Bedelia. They were all in the, I remember the Scholastic Book Fair. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to mention. It was always- because they all had like multiple books and multiple things there were always these tables and those were like the really big popular like Junaby Jones had her own table yes there we go Junaby Jones and I, I just Animorphs had the coolest covers but so in, did you ever watch the show I did not okay so Animorphs there were the kids who couldn't turn into animals right and uh-huh. then they were fighting this evil group of aliens and they were like worms and the worms had to crawl in through the human's ear to latch onto their brain. And then they would basically be like body snatching people. Oh, hell, this is this sounds like Parasite the Maxim, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And there was this episode where this one person was infected in their sleep. Like the, the worm crawled up the side of their bed and crawled up their pillow and like into their brain. Ugh. That is what I thought would happen to me when I went to sleep. <laughs> Oh my God, you thought the one was going to take you over. I did. I was so, like, because I would sleep, I almost suffocated myself once because I would sleep with the blanket, like, wrapped around my head. No, no. <laughs> oh my God. I was a strange and an odd child, but it's fine. I survived. It's okay. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> well, I'm glad that, you know, they didn't get you and you're still here. Hey, and I'm glad Sailor Moon helped you through it because otherwise... There would be no podcast. There'd be no, there'd be no nothing. Yeah, them girls, them girls helped me out a lot with this imagination. Um, so um, for our Negronomicon for yep. 2021. First Negronomicon of the year. First, very first. Like I still, wow, I still cannot believe it's like a new year. Like the other day I had to like actually correct myself. Like it's, it's 2021. Oh, you don't got to correct me. It's not 2020. No more. <laughs> <laughs> that year is so, done. We're, we're done. Done. So taking it off the shelf on the first page, we have, I just want to knock it out of the way. Um, <laughs> on Christmas Day, uh, Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> a little film by the name of Wonder Woman 1984 was released. And um, if If it has come across your timeline, you will have noticed that um, it has gotten quite a polarizing response from audiences. I haven't heard anyone say it was good. And well, you know, there you go. And it's and it's like you know, upon watching it, you know, it's one of those things where it worked in the moment at least a little bit. But then, um, as I sat with it afterwards and thought about it more, and then started seeing more critiques, which were being increasingly increasingly valid. I was just like, wow, like what went wrong? What what happened? So here I only have two questions, right? Because for our listeners out in the universe, I refuse to watch this movie. Oh. Patty Jenkins let me down once. I'm not gonna let her let me down again. Cause that's my question. Who I don't understand who thought this was gonna be good. The first one wasn't good. Um, and they're going to make a third one, which is just terrible. DC cannot get their cinematic universe correct. They just can't. Animated films, all day. <laughs> I will watch them all day. But live action with real people, it doesn't. It just doesn't work out. It just doesn't. It's My second question. Oh, go ahead. 
it's just because they were trying so hard to get on to to have their own version of the MCU because they did so well and they like completely transformed and revitalized the superhero genre to make it this this enormous like ubiquitous thing and DC having a lot of intellectual property was like okay we we got to get on that we can do this too but I feel like they just I don't know they rushed into I don't no, know but here's, no here's what happened here's what went wrong right here's what went wrong because I've had I have had many a conversation about this DC was doing fine when they did like the campy because those campy Batman movies from the 90s are um, are amazing yes, pieces of cinema to me <laughs> and then what went wrong was DC's like, all right, we're going to do Batman again. Okay, we'll do Batman again. We need a new movie. What should we do? Oh, let's do Batman. It's like they didn't go outside of, not even Gotham City. They didn't go outside that one character enough to do anything else with it until now. And that Superman movie with Henry Cavell, I didn't like. This Wonder mm. Woman movie with, I don't remember her name, I don't yeah, like. And there you go. So it's unfortunate because all the if if to build a foundation, right? All they had to do was stay in Gotham City because um, Poison Ivy needs her own movie. Penguin needs his own movie. The Court of Owls could be a bajillion million movies because the Court of Owls is such an extensive, expensive like circuit of 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 villainy. <laughs> Like, you never know who's going to happen or what's going to pop up or what's going to... Like, they could have done so many things in Gotham to set up a, a cinematic universe to then lead into the Justice League and then go into everyone else. You know what I mean? Because they right. didn't do... They did, if they were going to do the Marvel formula, then they should have done that because Marvel did what? They did Iron Man, then Iron Man went well, and then they did Captain America, and then they did somebody else, and then they did somebody else whoever is deciding these DC movies doesn't know how to do anything but reinvent this wheel of Batman and Joker. <laughs> and it's upsetting and it's disappointing and I'm over it. Because like Cheshire Cat is one of my favorite villains from Gotham. She could have her own trilogy of, of movies, all the crap she's done. And then if you did Justice League, you could go right into Titans and just run with that. <laughs> like, there's so many avenues to make these films like solid and meaty. And then DC is dark. DC is violent. There's drugs, there's alcohol, there's just crap. And because if they were all like rated R, I would live my life. Honestly, that's what I want. I mean, we've had a couple in certain places. Like uh, we've had, you know, um, Watchmen from 09. And um, well, I don't know if that, I guess this doesn't count like the boys on Amazon prime, you know, but I'm like, if DC, if DC or if, like one of the big ones, you know, actually went that route and like went, you know, like did it, I think that would be, but you know, that, then again, they feel like they will probably be alienating some of their audiences. Cause you know, with a lot of these movies being rated maximum, what PG 13, that's mm -hmm. a wider reach. That's families, you know, that's where the money comes from. But at the same time, I just feel like if, like I don't know the thematic material and how it could be handled if they went that route would just be and but that's you know another reason why um maybe sometimes television is a better route you have more space and room to do certain things I don't know I don't know but um the whole thing about what you said about the wheel just now it just reminded me of that quote that Danny said from Game of Thrones I'm not going to stop the wheel 
I want to break, break the, the wheel. wheel. And I'm just oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what they need to do. Break the wheel, start like, start fresh, like do something like you said, choose from a bunch of other stuff y'all already have that you barely touch and bring it to the forefront and stop trying to like, it, it's played out. Uh, yeah, it is. It's sad. Well, so well, I just- Oh, but no, my second question was, was Kristen Wiig good? Yes, actually. Yes, she was. I'm not, see, when, when I'm complaining about the movie, I'm not talking about, I don't think I'm talking about so much of, as the performances as I am, just like the, the, the writing and the, stru- yeah, the structure. She, no, Kristen Wiig did a good job. I, of course, you know, at the beginning, because she's playing, you know, the awkward kind of like, um, she's trying to have friends, but she's just not that social person. It's just very awkward for her. Um and it can come off as like cringy and like she's doing too much. But I think that was key. I think that was the point because that's her character. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be like that. And then when she, you know, begins the transformation into Cheetah, um, it was it was pretty like, cause you know, I think it was gradual. It worked uh, like from the wardrobe to like, you know, the confidence and the choices. And then we get the full on Cheetah. I think it was good. She was a good character. Um, it was just like, you know, her decision-making was of course flawed, but no, Kristen Wiig, I think did a good job. The CGI though on her was, uh, it, it, mm, it could have been better. <laughs> it it, it could have been better, but the- um, um, Oh, she looks like she's supposed to be in Cats. That's what everybody was saying. And I was just like, we don't have to go there, but if you won't, let's you know here's my ticket but um it i liked her in the movie good and of course you know diana our gal um did a good job it's just the 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 plot the whole thing with like this this figurative monkey's paw you know the wishes um and then um there were a lot of moments in this i would say in the script where um things kind of just dragged or they were too cliche or over the top and not in a good way. Whereas it's just like, this would have been so much better if you just really cut and dried it. Um, like the beginning um, fight scene at the mall with it. I mean, I mean, it's a mall, it's eighties culture. It's, you know, we're, you're, we're trying to be campy and all that. I don't know. It just, it, it did not, especially with the opening that they had before that of her childhood and the fact that we never went back to that after what was said to her about like, you'll know when you're ready, Diana. And I thought we were going to circle back to that, especially during like the final battle never happened. So I, it, I could, that's unfortunate. We need to hurry up and move on. Cause I could be on this forever. Um, <laughs> but all right. Next page of the Necronomicon uh, 2021. So black. What, what? 21 black films and TV worth looking forward to uh, by Miss. Oh God. I do not want to butcher her name. I, is the J, is it Tonya? Cause there's a J there. I don't want to say Tonja. I don't know. If somebody could forward this episode to her and ask her how to pronounce her name, we would appreciate it. I'm going to say um, by Miss Stidham. Stidham. On um, the, root. the Root, which the I love. The blackest place on the internet, <laughs> besides <laughs> Twitter. Um, they came up with a list um, for 21 Black movies that um, are worthy of attention coming out this year. 
there are already a lot of gyms on this list, um, if not all of them, like, uh, you know, coming to America. Um, the first one they start off with is, oh, my God. Do you know? I don't think you realize how excited I am for this movie. Um, Zola. Now, I don't have a Twitter, but I do have a Facebook. And a couple years ago, this is when I was an undergrad. I remember uh, this story <laughs> about this Twitter thread. This insane Twitter thread came out um, about a woman named Zola. And um, it was like her crazy white girlfriend. Um, I think the the um, her the girlfriend had... Um, wasn't it a pimp? Do you know this story? Please tell me you do. I don't. I, I have no idea what this is. Oh my God. Where have you been? Oh my God. I'm going to butcher it. I, I don't, I, I cannot butcher this, but um, it was, it was insane. It was this whole big old Twitter thread that blew up. And, you know, especially, you know, black Twitter, um, you know how we run away with things. Um, it just blew up and it was all over Facebook. And then, you know, um, it got, Hollywood attention and luckily it landed over at A24 which I love. That's what I'm excited about because A24 don't miss. A24 is that bitch. A24 like now I say I I always say you know I want to work at HBO because you know that's like that's my that's my that's you know number one but A24. A24 don't be missing man. I'm like if if like if y'all need an executive assistant hit me up like this New York let me let me know I'm HBO y'all too let me know um, but A24 is about a stripper. Sorry. I Googled yeah, it. It is. Um, A24 does not miss. They have a wide variety of what they do genre wise. They did Moonlight. Um, they did. Oh, I really wanted to see St. Um, is it Maud or Maud? Maud. Maud. That was supposed to come out last year too. Um, uh, they, I think they're doing Green Giant. Wait, no, no, Green Knight. They, they did, they did Midsummer. They did Hereditary. They did The Lighthouse. Oh, they, they, they have gems, all of, they have all of, they have all of Arnie's shit. Yeah, all of, yeah, all of it. A Ghost Story was really good. The Killing of the Sacred Deer was really good. It comes at night, like it's yes. it's wild. Native Son, it's wild. The not even like the scope of. Yeah, the variety. It's yes. just like you it's like you want it, they got it. I'm like I'm I'm in. So, uh they got Zola. And didn't they I'm, do Last Black Man in San Francisco? Wasn't that A24? I feel like that was I want to No, that was not Amazon. Where am I getting that from? Yeah, no. Last Black The Last Black Man in San Francisco was A24. They yeah, A24 is an imp- I love Oh, they they're doing the damn thing over there. Hopefully we both we find ourselves over there one day soon. But yeah, Zola is going to be a hit. It stars um, Taylor Page, who I know is Asha Hayes from um, Hit the Floor on VH1. Um, she was also in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, she's going to do so well. Uh, Riley Keough is also in that. And we know Riley, uh, listeners um, from last week's The Lodge, uh, Grace, our last episode, The Lodge, she played Grace. She also... Oh, wow. She also uh, did a phenomenal job in the first season of the Star's original series, The Girlfriend Experience. I love that show. And I, oh, it's so good. Both both seasons are good. That first one though, just, because the first one is focused on one character. The second season focuses on two characters, but that first one, oh, she did so well. She, 
Uh, her and her and Taylor, I'm so I'm so intrigued to see like the dynamic they have together on screen because they are both like amazing actresses in their in their own right. I'm I'm so excited. Um, but also, you know, coming to America that's in March on um, Amazon for coming Prime. to America. I'm so worried about it because that trailer dropped. And then everybody was like, oh, that's racist. So don't talk about Ro- Hotel Rwanda, whatever, whatever. I and I'm, that. I'm just concerned because, like, you know, you can never remake The Office now because the comp, like, people, I don't know. Culture. Right. And so, because the fact that that was the joke, because yes. in the clip immediately after, they were like, yo, whoa, wait a minute. You know, I'm concerned that, that, the PC internet people are going to try to like protest it online or like sign a petition or whatever it is. I, I don't know. A lot. Yeah. There's just a, the, 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 what the, what is the word I'm looking for? Not demographic. The, um, the playing field has changed. Yeah. Um, so drastically, I would say in the past like decade alone. And I mean, I was just watching like for New Year's, I was um, watching a date movie. <laughs> I hadn't seen that in such a long time. Um, and I, I was watching it and I was I was in middle school when it came out. And so, you know, it was and it was it's a bunch of, you know, uh, sophomore humor and all this stuff. Um, and I'm watching it and, you know, I'm still laughing, but I'm just like thinking like, Ooh, because I'm thinking it with a mind from today, and I'm yeah. just like, ooh, this this would not this this would not fly today. And like when you watch a lot of the, uh, a lot of the shows from I would say like the mid early 2000s or uh, you know back in the 90s um, or movies too, it's like a lot of that wouldn't fly. And coming to America, um, being from around that time too, being like um, what. Um, it's not 30. It hasn't been 30 years, has it? It's been 33 years. Gee, oh my God. So yeah, so 30 years later, things have like, they've they've changed a lot. And so I, I understand what you're saying. I just, I don't know. I mean, um, I'm I'm ready for it. I'm excited for it. I just don't think that the PC champions are going to be here for it. Yeah. They're just, it's not going to fly with them. They're probably going to, there would be a lot probably for them to, to pinprick and everything. But I just feel like, especially from those who grew up with coming to America from 1988, um, it's going to hold a special place in their hearts. And I feel like maybe they'll, they, they'll, they won't be as, uh, um, unforgiving perhaps i don't know i just i feel like you know it might have sort of a polarizing response but i feel like for its home audience you know who it's actually you know like the people who it, you know who it's for like that that group that crowd i feel like it perfect yeah. but um for maybe people who aren't familiar with the series or who are very you know um pc culture is like you know something they uphold very dearly um it might it might not be easy for them to swallow. So that will be interesting to see like where, um, like in addition to seeing the movie itself, just seeing the reaction that it gets. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't think we need to go through all 21 of these, do we? No, I think we could do like maybe one or two more. Well, Cause like, we're obviously excited about Candyman. Thank God. Yes. Um, Hopefully Corona um, chills out so the theaters can open so we can watch this movie. <laughs> 
as I said to you um, a little earlier today, pre-call, the way people have been acting up for New Year's and Christmas, Miss um, Corona, she extended stay, okay? Extended stay um, with all the perks. You know, it just keeps getting better for her, worse for everyone else, because, again, people don't understand, you know, it. this is bigger than just you and, like, I don't know, like, the... I don't know. I just, I was very disappointed in a lot of like the whole thing with the, cause I read a report where it was like over, um, I don't want to get this wrong, but between one to 3 million people still trap. No, that might be wrong. That might be an exaggeration, but it was a, a lot group. of people traveled when it should have been zero. I don't know. I just, I, I'm don't stretch I don't, yourself out over the people, Jared. <laughs> I don't want to be a bitter person, but I'm just like I'm. It just it, it hurt. It just it's like y'all like we're gonna be <laughs> we're gonna be stuck in detention forever because you just can't follow directions. Like that's five more minutes for everyone. <laughs> we ain't never gonna be able to go outside. <laughs> it's the tetherball. <laughs> God damn it! Okay, but anyway, um, but. Candyman, I just, I hope we, I hope we find ourselves in a theater without having to wear masks so we can watch that happily. I'm going to keep it a thousand with you. I'm going to still put a mask on. I can't. Um, I can't. I've been, I've been scarred. I've been scarred. It's like, it's going to probably feel weird walking out the house without one. Um, Malcolm and and Marie um, with John David Washington and Zendaya. Um, from Sam Levinson, um, the writer and create the writer, creator, director of Euphoria, um, that is also premiering um, on Netflix soon. Um, and it was the first film to be shot um, in lockdown, adhering to um, COVID nineteen um, precautions. I'm I'm excited to see this because Euphoria was um, is a phenomenal show. Zendaya is something else, and John David. I feel like if he's given the right material he can really tap into something because you know he's he he's his daddy's son so come on let's see it um but y'all can feel free to check out this list um from the roots i'll post it on the in the our little gems list i'll post a link to the article yes so um we got a lot of movies mm. to look forward to. they about to get all these a24 recommendations because we racked off a lot a24 is that girl there's there's just no fighting it we love it we love it here for it okay, okay. so the negronomicon is closed putting it back on the shelf and for this week's movie we're gonna do um a suggestion from lamel um <laughs> that was actually on that um top 10 list we shared the other week um of top 10 horror movies from 2020 uh, I had never seen this movie um, before uh, Mel had mentioned it, but I did hear of it. Um, and we're just, we're going to talk about it. So we're going to, do you want to say the title? <laughs> yeah. So it is, when you look up the title, a lot of the articles that pop up are like, this is like the scariest or one of the scariest films of 2020. It is The Dark and the Wicked it was written and directed by Brian Bertino, and you know him even if you don't know him because this is the same person who made The Strangers. Um, which I just I which I found out after I had watched the movie, and just 
everything clicked immediately. That's what I'm saying. Once you realize it, you're like, oh, I know, I know, I know this man. I know him intimately. I understand. um have you seen the other film he made the monster no so that was a little bit different it's it's um a mother and daughter are stuck in the woods basically with a werewolf situation yes 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 there was a broken there was a the car broke down yes yes i did i oh my god that was so good i that was him too oh my Uh goodness it all it all kind of ties in together once you realize his perspective and you're like, oh, oh yep. my god, that was yep. such that one surprised me. Yeah, I I was, on Netflix. Yeah, because you know, where I was, we watched the monster in the middle of quarantine. Because at, at one point, I was just like shooting darts at a board, like, what am I gonna watch today? <laughs> <laughs> and um, that one popped up, so we were like, let's give it a shot, and I was pleasantly surprised. Um, so a short synopsis of the film. Uh, plagued by waking nightmares, two siblings suspect that something evil is taking over their family at an isolated farmhouse. Um, so to me, the film is like, in th- it's cut into three parts. And you, I don't know if you agree, but let me explain. The first, I don't know, like 15, 20-ish minutes. Well, hold on. Um, if you all would like to avoid spoilers and watch the movie for yourself... Pause here. Oh, I forgot. Yes. <laughs> um, but if you'd like to continue, just listen on. <laughs> I love your like, what What voice is that? Like the, hello, my name is Jared. How can I assist you? Would you like yes, to pause? My, my customer service voice. <laughs> there you listen, go. <laughs> listen, when I was at the call center, I had a whole persona. Her name is Jerry with an I. Yes, Jerry with an I. Yes, she loves to uh, bake pies, and she has um, a shortcut. Yes, people loved Jerry. So sometimes <laughs> I have to bring her out, especially when I'm working. <laughs> She's still there. But yes, um, <laughs> this, you said the three-act structure. Um, I Well, no, not see. a three-act structure. I, I, in my brain, divided this movie into three things. So the first, like, 15 minutes is, like, the setup. So, like, all right, so boom. We're in. Oh, and what a setup it was. Oh, my God. What? I was like, what? Wait a minute. Because we're alone in the farm. There's nobody around. I feel <laughs> like, what? I can't, I can't, I can't, like, run for help. Like, what's happening? But I think that that ends at, the, at when we are, and I'm not going to spoil it yet, but when we're cutting vegetables is when that stops. <laughs> And then I, I just I, I done told you I made stir fry tonight. <laughs> Do you know how I felt? I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't even look at my cutting board for, for like a week. I was nervous. <laughs> but then I think it turned so from so and that's when everything starts getting like ramped up, right? Like we like bing bang bing bang boom. Spooky, 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 scary, scary, scary. And then to me. There's like a there's like a double split, right? So like the moment where what's his name? Michael is like, all right, I'm out. Oh. It's a moment because then we do Michael's thing, which I whatever. But then when after the aid. Yeah. And yep. then the girl comes and she says, Can you smell him? I was like, what's oh my what? Goodness. <laughs> so I don't know. It was, but I think. That because like that first like 15, 20 minutes to me is like golden. It's like the it, it sets part. it up so well. 
Yes. Yeah. Like, and that can be that can be kind of tricky to do. Um, like in 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 writing in general, just like you know, that that first couple of like our first chapter are really, you know, first line is just like, how are you going to hook people? Yeah. And also, how are you going to set the tone for the entire story going forward? Um, th- that first 15 minutes did that and more because it was so, even, even um, cause in the first 15 minutes, we, we also get like the, um, we get that, we get the title, but it's like, it's like two things happen. It's like before the title card and then after the title card, and then, you know, after the cutting board scene. Um, oh my God, right. It's just like the, the, the shots, the, um, the, how it's like established that this farm is like kind of isolated. It's the middle of nowhere. Uh, for real, like this, it was very, it was very, very Curse Carly Dog vibes, which if y'all didn't know, the entire series is on HBO Max for your consumption. Um, if your kids or if your little nieces, nephews, or cousins have never seen this show, please put them on. John R. Dilworth and his team over there gave that show so much character, especially for like recurring characters. I, yep. can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. But yeah, very, very cursed Kelly dog because it's like you know, a sk- it's you're in a you're on a farm in the middle of nowhere, and you know some scary shit is about to be about up. to happen. Because that's just um, what happens in the middle. But okay, but let's give some context for the people. So basically the setup of this film is these two kids who are not kids anymore, they're grown-ups for, are from Texas, grew up on a farm, right? Boom. So th- they've left the farm, are living their lives, whatever. And then it turns out that the father is dying. Yeah, sick with something. We don't know. I, we don't know what it is, but he just, he's sick. So bad with him. Right. Like, not awake, the whole mm-hmm. shebang. So and has a hospice nurse, all that. So we, I don't, I, don't, I couldn't figure out if the mother told them or if, like, the farmhand told them. I don't know who told them that the guy was dying, like, but they find out. And then they have a correspondence with the mother, like, the daughter called or something like that. And the mom said, y'all don't need to come here. Stay your asses where you are. As children do, they didn't listen, and they came home. <laughs> and they come home to find the mother being cleaning, whatever. They there's a nurse, the hospice nurse person, mm-hmm. and then the dad is bedridden, not conscious. Whatever. It's just a very, it's just a very depressing house to walk into, and it's a very small space. Yes. Like you walk in and then the living room is basically the kitchen and the master bedroom is, is off to the right. And then there's like a bathroom to the left. And I guess their Mm -hmm. rooms were like straight past the kitchen, but it's a very small area, especially when you see how big, how much land they own. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like a studio setup. Right. Like it's crazy. So the kids come, whatever. The mom is being super weird, like super weird. And I appreciate because I like this type of horror because it's very like conjuring universe to me because the the doors open and close by themselves. The light switches turn themselves on and off. Um, And 
to me, I don't know if you've noticed this, but whenever we were looking at someone or like at the house, the camera angle was always slightly higher than it was supposed to be. And that always gave me this sense that like, okay, we're, we are looking right. But there's also something else that we're looking through. And that's why it's like, it was always like this, the camera kind of in, in, um, insinuated that there was this like looming presence watching yeah. all and of that's, these characters. And that's something in signature of Bertino's work because the same thing happened with strangers where, you know, it'll be like shot and, you know, the protagonist or the character in the shot, you know, traditionally is supposed to be the main focus, right. but the shot is like set up in such a way, whether it's wider or it's just, or it's angled where it's just like, if you're, if you're like looking, you know, yeah. you'll notice it, but then you'll start to look elsewhere. Cause it's just like, what else is, am I supposed to be focusing on? Like what, what is the true focus of this shot right now? Like what else is in frame? Um, like, and it just, it makes you nervous. It makes, cause you don't know what's coming. Um, you don't know where it might be coming from. And there was this whole scene where, um, where he, um, it was it was a sister, uh, Luis. Um, it's Luis, Michael. The mother and father actually don't have names. They're just nobody else has names. Just Luis and Michael. It's Luis and Michael. And so Luis, the sister, is like in the, um, what would you call that? I, I words escape me. Where where all the goats were? What do you call it? like the? Not, oh, like a ba- like a barn. Not a stable. Yeah. I, the barn, I guess you call it, because when I think of a barn, you know, I think of a traditional, you know. Oh but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know what else to call it. I just thought it was a barn. <laughs> he was in the, he was in the, 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 the goat house the or goat you, pen. The, the pen. The, I think that's what it is, a pen. She was in the pen with the goats, and you know, the lights on, so she's casting shadow, um, and the camera is facing her from the front, so we see her shadow casted behind her on the wall. Yeah. The shadow is bigger and yep. it doesn't look like it's the same shape as her. And then it starts to grow taller. And then we abruptly cut to the next scene. And I'm just like, it's it's stuff like that where it's like, and just like the mother, it's like she never directly told the kids what was going on, which frustrated me. Um, but she let she kind of like let them know that something was up and that she wanted to keep them safe. I guess that was a theme in the whole film, right? Because stuff would happen to Michael and Louise separately. And it wasn't until that moment with the priest on the lawn that they talked to each other about it. So I don't, cause I don't think they wanted it. They wanted to admit it to one another and I don't got time for that. Look, right. Jared, <laughs> something I is know. happening. We got to go. Listen, and I and I think that's in the same with the mom. Like, I don't know if it was because she couldn't explain it or she didn't think that they would believe her, but she kept saying, you know, you shouldn't have come here or you need to leave. I was just like, why don't you just tell them like what what's up? Like what the mom, I don't think she believed it either. Because remember, the overarching thing of like religion and faith and non-believing was a thing too. And how it took advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah. Because the mom was like non-religious and then the pastor, the priest's person would come and like talk to her, which was 
an odd thing too. And Michael got and Michael got pissed because he blamed the priest for um like putting all that stuff in her head. Well, because I think it's it's interesting, right? Because so you know like the um paranormal activity movies and all the other stuff, right? Yeah. It's always so funny because my grandmother used to hate my grandmother used to hate that I was like into horror and stuff like that because she's like, you can't believe but she would always say you can't believe in one without believing in the other, right? You can't believe in God without believing in demons. Like if, if one is real, then the other is equally as real. Yeah. So I think that that was an interesting take on when you bring religion into your life, because I think that that was, to me, that's what he was saying, right? Like you tried to talk her into believing in God and now she believes in demons and it's like this whole mess. Yeah. Especially when you realize that the priest wasn't, Real Ooh, girl, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, what? I was gagged. Listen, uh, I and I'll say it again later on in the episode, but that demon played all day, all day, all day, all day long. Okay, in, the, in those people's faces. But so we have to talk about the scene that we have alluded to because it's such a, a a pivotal moment. So the mom was like bugging out, right? She's sitting there talking to walls and looking outside and craziness so the kids go to bed and i might be saying this like i might be skipping things so let me know if i am the kids go to bed the father's in the bed the nurse leaves and then all of a sudden she's like let me prepare food for tomorrow and to me it was like two o'clock in the morning i don't know what time it was but it was late not like cook food time so she pulls out her little vegetables and she pulls out her little chopping board and her little little chef's knife starts chopping she's chopping a carrot chopping the carrot and she's getting dangerously close to her fingers, but you know, it's still carrot. It's fine. And then but before this, before don't say it yet, but before this, you know, we're starting to hear like these noises. I don't know. Oh. I think were, yeah, I think they were growls and like whispering voices and stuff. And the camera kept doing this thing where um like it kept it would be clo- it would be like a close shot on the carrots and the knife getting chopped and then like the stress of her face and just uh, it was a very unnerving scene because of how intense it was yeah but go on but so as as the tension builds with all these noises and the music and and the sound of it that that metronomic sound of the chops (laughs) so you you, oh god (laughs) (laughs) all of a sudden there's this like different noise and it's like a (laughs) (laughs) it's not funny but (laughs) Because then You're, all this blood just starts pouring and then the chops keep sounding like they're, it's like that, that weird, like you ever cut a chicken and try to cut it through the, like the joint? That's um, what it sounds like. Yeah, very wet and fleshy. Yes. And it was mm. just, and, but the crazy, she just, homegirl just kept going. She didn't scream. She didn't flinch. She didn't make no noises. You just hear the chop, she, chop, she, chop, she, chop, She was chop. crying. She was crying softly, you know, like, you know, like she, it was like she regretted what she had done, but she couldn't stop herself. And then, so after she had chopped, it was like, what, two fingers off? Um, She just kept cutting them into smaller digits. Bite-sized pieces. Listen, (laughs) we don't, we don't want the kids to choke. We got to look out for the babies. Um, So the next morning, um, the kids find like the scene in the kitchen, all this blood, um, part of a finger in the sink and shit. And the chopped up carrots. Oh, you know, because you, <laughs> you, you know, you need better eyesight. It's okay, eat your carrots. So 
they start running around um, the, wow, the land, trying to find their mother. And then in the goat pen, that's where Luis um, finds her hanging. And um, both her and her brother get the mom down. But, you know, by that time, it's who knows? Late. It had been a couple hours at least. She was gone. And but so, then also, because the goat thing was always really interesting because I don't think of when I think of Texas farm I don't think of goats but to put in the goat which in isn't like the goat the satanic symbol for Satan anyway yeah with the and also the imagery all over the house like those um the goats uh uh skulls with the horns and all that yeah it's very which reminded me of um it was supposed to come out last year too. Like I think it was supposed to come out um, a week after A Quiet Place Part Two. But uh, this movie called Antlers. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, the short story, um, the oh god, what was it called? The Quiet Boy, I think it was. That's what it's called. Um, I'll I'll post the, the author and everything. Nick Anta Antosca. Um, he wrote the he wrote the short story, and I think he also wrote the screenplay for Antlers. But they, I feel like both these movies have like a, a similar aesthetic when it comes to that whole thing. But yeah, uh, it, all that imagery was, I think, very. Um, it was a conscious choice. Yeah, I agree. And so you know, the mom dies, and then that's when we're also um, introduced to the kind of like the structure of the film where because the brother Michael had mentioned that he's only going to be there until Friday and it's Monday and so the movie oh yes, will, the it, it will be like it, it's it's set over a week so um each day we'll get like you know a, a title card signifying that day usually after some crazy shit has just happened um so like Monday uh came and went to um Tuesday um which I'm trying to figure out which was it Monday or Tuesday night that the mom, because the kids got there on Monday. They right? got there on Monday, so I think it was. I think did all that happen on Monday, and then they found her on Tuesday, or did all I, that happen on Tuesday and they found her on Wednesday? I think it was Monday, and then Tuesday was like the morning where they're trying to figure out what Slow to down. do next. And so the movie has an interesting structure because. Well, we had already heard Michael say he's only going to be there until Friday. Um, yeah, until Friday. And then I'm thinking it's only going to be, we only have five days here. Um, I think it actually ends on Sunday. So it's, it's like we stay with this family and like how things keep getting worse and worse for them for like, you know, a whole seven days. Um, huh, seven days. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's very interesting because, you know, as each day goes by, you know, things are going to keep getting worse because we're amounting to something. And basically what this, what uh, like another short synopsis is, is that um, there is a demon in the house um, or on the land, whatever, who wants the father's soul. Um, But because, you know, um, the mom was there trying to care for him, um, and now his children are there trying to care for him. Um, that's pro- it's like now they're being affected by the activity too, because essentially it's like you know, they're they're collateral damage, like they're in the way. Yeah, they they've been added to like the the mess, um, and so they're having all these like waking 
nightmares where like the daughter thinks she sees the father out of bed with and like his eyes are like in the shower that was weird <laughs> that was scary that yeah. got me i jumped because i was not prepared at all i didn't i thought I didn't it was think michael was being weird and then it was her dad i was like yo what am i watching I thought it was either going to be Michael or nothing or something else, you know, uh, demonic. I, I was not excited it to be the dad. And the fact that like, you know, um, when Michael came, nothing was there. The dad was back in the bed. What also made me mad was um, they didn't, I wish the sister would have pulled back the blanket to check um, like her father's bottoms. Cause if you remember, uh, when the like when the demonic one popped up, um, he was urinated on himself. Yeah, I'm like, why didn't you check that to see like? Because that would have been proof for the brother right there. Right, like we have I don't a problem. We have yeah, a but problem. <laughs> but there and so there are some. I wouldn't say Bertino. He does not rely on jump scares. What he does and what he does well, what he did like he did in the Strangers is he's really good at building up tension with um, quiet moments um, and wide shots or um, long tracing shots. Cause there's this shot where um, Luis um, makes sure the door is closed and locked and she goes to the kitchen and the camera follows her. And it's this wide shot from the living room past the master bedroom to the kitchen. Like, it, like the camera intentionally wants to see everything is in place and all yeah. this stuff. And then, you know, it gets on Luis and then we hear a slow creak and the camera slowly pans back out and the, and door, the door is, is open. open. Yeah. And it's like, um, he's very intentional in like how he sets things up and how he builds tension by purposefully not putting anything there, but giving you an idea that, you know, a presence or something is there. Like you said earlier, um, something he did, I think, which was really which I really liked was with Michael when he's in the room in the bedroom, like when he's um, asleep, how we're so used to shit happening when the lights are off. Oh yeah. The, Tell the, me why that was the scary, like that was, I think that was the scariest like lights being on I had ever like seen in film because um, Michael is lying asleep in bed and his lights just flick on. And like the and it's it's a small room and you can hear the switch so clearly and so it wakes him up you know he goes to investigate of course nothing's there turns the light back off gets in bed it happens again, again. and then um, shortly after you know investigate and see nothing there that's when he starts to see like um, um, a vision of his dead mother outside of his window like levitating um, no Dua Lipa. Um, <laughs> Shut up, Jared. <laughs> no, I'm on fire with these references, you know. Uh, but you know, levitating outside, um, and then you know he looks away, he looks back. Of course, she's gone. But then now she's in the freaking room, and it's just, it's very scary, yo. It's like it's very because it's like you think the moment like Bertino pushes us right to the edge, he pulls away. Yeah, he pulls away, and it's just and it's like. Can I breathe? I just, how do, how do I breathe? How do I do it? And so he's very, he's, I would say he's, an, he's very skilled at building up tension in like, um, nothing's there, but he, he gives, he just like puts so much 
in like the setup and like the angles and the and the sound everything where it's like you it's like you can feel something is there even though you can't see it um and i think that's the same for our characters and so this house um that the that michael and louise are in it it seems like it's becoming more oppressive day by day because the activity keeps getting more intense and i mean they had just they lost their mom they're losing her dad. The movie is incredibly bleak. Let me just say that. Oh my God. Like they, they say the dark and the wicked, they could have said, and the bleak too, because <laughs> it was just them. Um, like you just, there's like no hope. It, there was really like, it was just very like, uh, like, I don't know. It was just very, uh, even more than depressing. It was just like, there was no, and there, it, it, and I don't think it rained at all in that movie, but it was just like, if it, that's what it felt like the mood. It was just very like desolate. Summer. Yeah. Yeah. Very somber. But I think uh, that points to the 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 what was happening, right? Because we talked about this a little bit. But when when you're in a situation where death has come, like like the bell has tolled, there's not you can't untoll the bell. You know yeah. what I mean? And there's it doesn't matter if you bring flowers. It doesn't matter if you bring a pillow. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter because what's going to happen in the end is, 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 is somebody is going to die and you can't, you can't stop it. And I think, especially when it's your parents, it's a really suffocating feeling. Yeah. And that, and that adds to the bleak because it's like that, that powerless feeling. It's like these two siblings were going out of their mind trying to figure out how they could save their dad. And just like at the end, there was just nothing they could do. Like they couldn't, they couldn't even move him because if they did, he would die. Right. So it's just like truly stuck between a rock and a hard place. And it's like, what are, what can you do in this situation? Uh, But we later found out Michael made his decision. Yo, Michael is, is Michael was bugging. Michael was straight bugging when that man left <laughs> and didn't say he was leaving first of all all right podcast people listen here all this craziness is happening we got apparitions we got we got we got noises we got lights flickering on and off because then what happened because i don't think we talked we talked we didn't talk about the priest come back we didn't um we didn't even talk about the priest really um so uh there is by after the mother died yeah. And he's like, and the, oh, it's just before we even got to that big twist, tell me why he was giving me like such antagonist vibes. Yes. Cause there was, there was a, there was a strange ulterior motive with them little coins. It was, you mean, it was all, it, could, you mean it gave me very like, yeah, whatever those little things were, those crosses. but it gave me very like coins of charm vibes. Like the the coins you give to the the river ferryman to cross yeah. river sticks. Yep, that it just gave me such strange vibes because she had so many. <laughs> yeah, because that, that's what they those are the only things they found on her person when she died. Just like these these um all these little crosses and the and the the um the examiner was like, yeah, these are the ones like they used to give us um in Sunday school when I was little. And it's just like, um, excuse me, we didn't even go to church. What are you talking about? Right, that's not the type of family we have. <laughs> we right. so like, how does she end up with that? And then the Mike, Michael comes back and this priest is like waiting for him at the gates. They invite him in. And basically it becomes like this, um, not interrogation session, but like 
Michael is basically pinning the blame on the priest for what happened for that. Like there's their mom's descent into like this madness to where she committed suicide because um, they were not a religious family. She was not a religious woman. And then this priest comes and now she starts, instead of thinking of, you know, uh, Jesus, she's thinking, you know, there's a demon in the house. Um, And during this whole thing, the priest is like very, like, almost like he's like, not it's not blatant but it's like very subtle almost like he's joking with them like like you think i did this you you know what i'm saying yep. like it was very it was very like you know and th- and it just gave and it was like there's like something was very unnerving about his character and come to find out um we get to it i think this is on thursday night um there's someone outside the house they go and investigate in the dark open. with a green light behind him he is standing outside it's like three o'clock in the morning um and again (laughs) this is not like the suburbs their their closest neighbor was like two three miles away yep and it's also like you know and it was three o'clock in the morning too so if y'all conjuring uh, i'm gonna we can refer to conjuring a lot because uh in modern day like that's a big like it it gave us a lot of uh it's like a rule book almost um for like these types of um movies or this uh thematic material because three o'clock is usually you know like demon time you know like the witching yeah. hour yeah. and so he's he's out there you know and they open the door and he's it's dark so they can't really see his face but they can see him and he's and he's like he just keeps saying the same thing and like this like this 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 playfully inviting but like very creepy voice like come outside like come outside. Yeah, and but then the only it was weird too because it was a grown man, and it gave me like shining come play with us vibes. But and it was weird because he was old and it just it was a lot. It gave it gave me like come outside. Like we ain't gonna jump you. <laughs> like, come on, we just want to talk. We just want to talk, and it was just and so, uh, Luis grabs a flashlight and shines it on the priest's face, and he slowly looks up. And, she, and he has the same eyes that um, the apparition of her father had um, when she... Oh, yeah. With the no, no, eyes, like, no pupils, the no... It's just in, like, this 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 creepy, like, decayed, milky white. Um, and then, of course, uh, the phone rings. They get distracted. They turn back. Priest is gone. Um, and it's just this whole thing where... Um, and, again, like you said, that was the first time they had both... <laughs> encountered the activity together and they had to admit it to himself because I think the brother was in denial a lot more than the sister was. And that was the first time like he had to be, he was forced to admit it to himself and um, come to find out the phone was ringing, not because it was a demon, (laughs) but because it was, um, I think a family, uh, the family friend, I think his name was Charlie. The farmhand. Yeah. Yeah. The farmhand. um, He's calling, um, I don't. I don't even know what he was calling about. I don't remember. He that whole his whole presence was strange. That thing was so weird. Was yeah. it Luis? That he, was it Luis he saw? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was so, so the farmhand, um, just to, to, I don't know. The farmhand ends up shooting himself with a shotgun or a rifle because, or something. because the demon appears to him as um, an apparition of Luis, Luis. who is like cutting herself and like i think blaming him for it yeah but i don't really i'd have to watch it again because i don't really understand 
his purpose. Like I understand that the demon was getting rid of him because he was in the way because he was there. Um, maybe he could have. Maybe he would have been like a support system, and that would have made um, like maybe especially Luis um, stronger to maybe resist or or fight back because something that um, the hospice nurse had said, which got my attention. Cause she's talking about, um, cause she, she was religious and she was saying that, um, cause Michael, I think she heard him saying, um, that he doesn't feel anything in the house. Um, and the hospice nurse was saying, you know, a soul needs love to live. And I feel yeah. like if, and the whole thing with, with demons in these movies is, um, like, I, and I'm going by, um, conjuring sayings where it's like, you know, it's infestation first. Like they, they, they occupy the space, um, oppression second, where they make it, where they like start really like that's the apparitions and they start making things uncomfortable and very scary. And then when they've broken down, um, a human spirit, um, enough, that's when they, you know, move in for the kill, which is possession. So I feel like, if they were able to be each other's support system or really him being hers since she was so close to the dad, um, that would have been like a, def- a defense. But I feel like with him being, a, I, with him being the farmhand, that was probably like he was a family friend or basically like family because Michael and Louise seemed to know him since probably from childhood. Yeah. That means, so maybe he was like, you know, like the, the uncle, um, not the, you know, biological, but you know, like the uncle. Yeah. Um, and taking him away would affect Michael and Luis, but it would also um, affect them in a way where it would be taking out like the whole power and numbers thing. Because again, with this, and you see it in like the way the farm is like out so far out from everywhere, like that isolation, that's important. Yeah, yep. Because you're right, because it, 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 it um, because I think that was my other, my other like, idea of, of suppression and, and suffocation because I think there was always like that the suppression of anxiety and guilt because you can only think like once you realize that you're you're basically your dad is fighting off a possession <laughs> you'd have to think like you'd have to wonder if if you had been home would would that have been prevented you know what I mean yeah so the guilt it's just like they they kind of already walk into like a losing battle practically right that's how that's how bleak everything is um and something i want to talk about was like you know in general like the family dynamic because the whole thing that i think this that this movie was trying to uh talk about um was like being there for each other in in kind of whatever way that might look like and i think for the mom her being there for the kids was trying to tell them to communicate to them you know you you like go home like you shouldn't be here and you know if 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 things weren't supernatural it'd probably just be trying to be seen as her trying to save face not wanting to see not wanting her kids to see their father like that um not wanting to stress them out but this is also her trying to save their lives and also them from like this activity to save to prevent them from like being entered into the hell that had befallen the house. Yeah. Um, and then with uh, Luis and Michael, you know, their mom died. So they're staying for their dad. Um, they just, they don't want to abandon their, their, 
Well, you know, only well, one person didn't want to abandon the father. I'm going to get to that. I'm gonna get to that. <laughs> so they still stay behind to help their dad. And they also help with the farm as well. Cause you know, um, they're like doing the thing with the goats and everything. So, um, and it's like their, their family dynamic um, begins to break down as we go through the week because um, they start, they each start seeing separate things. Then the priest comes to visit like at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and, then, shit, and, then I think the, and then I think the day after that is when um, Michael is out and he sees that goat walking back with only three legs. And, oh, because all the goats died. And then that's when they see that's when they, that's when they go out uh, farther in the field and they see like all their goats, like, well, not all of them. Cause I think there were like maybe five that survived, but like, them things got uh, slaughtered, but you would have thought that like 98% was and, oh man. And that's the thing because, and that's, the, I think that was the part of the movie that uh, one of the parts that scared me, like uh, one of the, like one of the most scary parts to me. Cause when they saw it, Luis was like a wolf, a wolf couldn't have done this. Like a wolf didn't do all this. Like they, it couldn't have like wolves don't kill like this because they were think cause they had like the, they had heard like, during some nights like these wolf howls and stuff um but when they get when they see those goats like the goats had been like ripped in half and and like it was just it was very vicious and very like but i but it didn't look like i don't know if the goats were like i don't know if they were like if it looked like they had been eaten or anything but no but that that's why she said that because a wolf a predator hunting a prey would it'd be like a lion with a gazelle right like i'm i'm going after the one i could get Exactly, one and done. And I'm one and done. You don't just kill all of them. And then left the evidence there, like, come find me. Right. <laughs> so, and so they're they're forced to burn, you know, the, the rest of the corpses. And then not only is that just like a, like, um, oh, somebody just took a heavy financial hit. Um, but also um, that was that was really fucking with like the routine of their lives. Like something they had something like something they had to take care of um, was taken away from them. And I, and I wanted to talk about this as, as well as um, the house as like a horror element, because, and this is what I think makes um, when, you know, you have like the whole haunted house thing when it's a demon, so um like it, it can it can be so visceral because um mas um maslow's hierarchy of needs um is like this uh would you call this like a i think it's a psychological yeah. um a psychological uh what theory or yeah so it's, it's basically like um the way that it was taught to me is like so you know how in in health sciences they teach you the food pyramid yeah, and so this is basically like the 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 what you call it, like the the stability like mental uh like, like a mental health pyramid. Mental health pyramid. Yes, Maslow's hierarchy needs mental health pyramid. And the bottom most like the base of the pyramid is physiological needs, which is, you know, food, water, um warmth, Sleep. rest. Um and then uh, right above that would be safety needs, which is, you know, security and safety. Um, I, every, every part of, I think, you know, Maslow's hierarchy is closely tied together, but 
the first two were like, are especially the, you know, the, the physiological, but the, the safety needs, like the, and I'm, and I know I speak for so many other millennials when I can say like those two, especially these past couple years have been very shaky (laughs) in a lot of different places. And so with these, with Michael and Louise being in this house, um, it's like devoid of warmth because yes, it was always so cold and like drafty. It just looks so cold there. Um, I don't think we see the characters eat. No, the only instance of food was the, the chopping of the carrot. Which weren't even, which we saw we, we weren't even ingested. It just, you know, they were left there. Um, but then above that, what I really want to get into. Oh, and rest. Um, they're, they're, they're having these waking night. They can't sleep. So everything is just like disturbed. But then the other one um, is, you know, security, safety, which is the house. Like they don't feel safe there. Um, There is no security because there is something that they can't see um, that is way out of their like forte or their understanding or even their beliefs. Hell, They can open doors and unlock windows and And call them on the phone. And it's ruined and it's and it's literally causing everything else to deteriorate. Like the um above safety needs is belongingness and love needs, which is, you know, like intimate relationships, friends, their relationship, Michael and Louise is like their them being brother and sister, that relationship effectively like crumbles when Michael and we'll and we'll get to this, when Michael like abruptly abandons his sister and his father for his own family, like his wife and kids. And you know what he said? He said, and she's like, You like you left me. And so, you know, she's like on the kitchen floor, like crying. Um, and he's just like, I knew you'd stay. Like I knew you would stay. And I'm like, that's fucked up. Like you yeah. t- I just uh and then above that, you know, esteem needs, which is you know, feeling of accomplishment. Um, prestige. But even that, even the feeling of accomplishment, because when you are talking about um, doing like, what is, what is the work that the aides do? Like, like when you're, when you're a caretaker for someone, hospice. there you go. When you, when you are a child or a family member doing hospice care, it's not like you get recognized for it. (laughs) And that is the hardest thing to have to do to somebody. You got to, you know, clean up after them. You got to bathe them. You got to take care of them. If they are coherent, you have to like kind of parent them now on, on a different level because they can't eat this and they can't eat that. And you can't have salt and you can't, you know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's mentally taxing. It's emotionally draining. And it's not like the person that you are taking care of is going to be like, thank you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. And it's like, and with, and with them doing that with, their their father um and but later finding out you know it's not because he's sick it's because you know a demon is trying to get his soul um it's just like it just it really breaks it down like what is what is there to feel accomplished about what is there but even the mother because when they came you would i think the the reaction that everyone is expecting right is like oh my god i'm so glad you're here Thank you for coming. Thank you for keeping me company. And the mother was like, the first thing out of her mouth was I told y'all not to come here. Exactly. Very dismissive. Very like, I just, there's nothing, there's nothing here for you. There is like, there's no, there's love don't live here no more. (laughs) Uh, 
it's just it's not it's not here it's not this is not the function and so it's like there's there's literally nothing to look forward to in that house and there's there's nothing there's nothing good to be because it's just like you're not it's not like you're trying to will your dad back from a sickness or an injury it's like you're trying to save his soul from being it's like how can you do that right and then and then it goes into and then also it seems like they in their personal lives it had affected that because i think the brother had asked her are you still at like the bakery or something yeah whatever job she had i don't remember yeah and it just and like the way he said it and the way she reacted um kind of like very like i don't think she said she didn't answer him i don't think but she just looked like very like you know uh you know why would you bring that up yeah and then with him um we don't find out until like mid-movie he even has a whole family at home Right, because he, he didn't really talk about it. Because he doesn't even carry himself that way. Yeah, I don't. I didn't even notice he if he was had a he ring. I don't. I don't know, girl. I didn't even notice because he just it didn't seem like. So it's like they don't. He does have something to look forward to. I don't know, but I feel like him being in that house is bleeding into the relationship that he has at his home, and it's breaking that down. And with the daughter, I don't even know if she had anything to like good to go back to. And then the last one um, is self um, self-actualization, which is, you know, achieving one, one's full potential, including creative activities. Um, I think outside of their, the, them, they didn't have nothing. Their creative activity was smoking. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm go, I'm go smoke. I'm gonna go out on the porch. That, that's all they did. But then you have to think of it too, right? Because it seems as though that the brother had his life a little bit more together than the than the sister. He definitely he had, did. It's like it's like it's like dichotomy between you know the 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 down sibling, the up sibling, you know. But it's just you again. Like I wonder why, because usually in family farm situations, right? It's like a it's like a family owned farm. So one of the siblings stays and like does the family business thing. And I think it's interesting that the the sister was kind of just like a like a vagrant. Yeah, <laughs> like she just kind of traveled wherever and did wherever. She didn't really have like a thing. Yeah. So, um, and she was unmarried. Um, at least from the I, I mean, I didn't notice the ring on her finger either. There, there was nothing. There was outside of the bakery. There was nothing mentioned about her life outside of the farm at all. No, she didn't have a husband. She definitely didn't have kids because she had kids. The kids would have been there with her. Yeah, there was just, there was nothing there. And with the brother, um, he has this family that, um, you know, he, he decides to put above his, uh, his, what, his, his first family. Um, And I just, I don't know. I just feel like after that, that really, like that, their relationship, like really crumbled. I mean, safety needs um, and physiological needs were already like, you know, um, basically pieces at this point but i feel like after he left every, that just that sent things teetering. but they weren't super close anyway because he had to mm-hmm. ask her you know are you still at this place and no i quit there two years ago and how's your wife or whatever like and then, the first, and then when they were helping out with the goat she's like i know how to do it i can help right like like not maybe not remembering like she did or you know or thinking she still couldn't didn't know what to do from childhood yeah all this stuff so they weren't so i like I, they weren't they were not 
close. No. Are they are they weren't close close. They but they were like, you know, they weren't they I wouldn't say they were estranged either, but it was like that that weird area between the two. Yeah. Um where it's like they're they're not like they have not completely abandoned each other, but they're not like buddy buddy, like I, I text you every day or um uh, like we have holidays together. I don't think they I don't think it was like that. Um and so their relationship it's like a relationship between, you know, the parents and the kids and then the relationship the siblings have with each other. And then the relationship, I would say they have to like this, this cause, like, um, am I going to stay believing this and see what I can do? Or am I just going to cut my losses and ditch this place and save myself? Yeah. And that's what Michael chose to do. Um, like he just, he, uh, after, um, one particularly bad night, um, Louise woke up, it was only her and the dad in the house. Um, Michael was gone. And when, when I saw that he was gone, like when I saw like, when I realized that like the house was empty of him, I'm like, he, I'm like, he jumped ship, he left and he did leave. He super left. He was gone. He, he called, um, he didn't even call the sister had to call him only for him to tell her over the phone, you know, like, um, I, I, like, I have a family, like basically, you know, uh, and she's like, I'm your sister, you know, like, I, like, I, yeah, you that, have a family. You left us. <laughs> that, part, that part hurt my feelings so bad. Cause I'm just like, as, as, and I, I, I have siblings too. And it's just like, I, I just like, I know y'all aren't exactly close, but I just feel like y'all are siblings enough to know, y'all don't you don't just or at least what what did what got what really threw me was the fact that he didn't even like sit down and go over this with her or or, or try to convince um her to leave with him no, um, he which just I bounced. Think would have been you know sad because the dad but um he just bounced he just left um to leave so the sister was left alone to deal with you know everything that's going on there um he gets home to his nice house um which looks so different from, from where the we've been the like the last hour or so that man lived in a subdivision like almost his wife like, was like a doctor or something because it just it looks so di- like his life there looked so different from the life we had and how he carries himself in what we had seen so it's like we're seeing like almost two different michaels here so he gets home um it seems like nobody's home his wife and kids it's like empty and quiet but he gets to the kitchen (laughs) only to see his two little girls um at the at the um dining table dead dead their throats slit and then mommy little mommy over there lying on the ground also dead and there was a scene in the um in the goat pen where the demon came to him as his mother. Um, and I think tried to get him to cut his own throat. Cause she kept saying, come to me. Yeah. And he almost did it. He almost did it, but he stopped himself. And then in this scene, when he sees his family dead, he actually gets out the little pocket knife and then, you know, just, just does it just Those like, cause he's just pound on his neck. He's just so resigned and just so like, you know, like heartbroken and just like it, like the demon got them. It's just like, there's nothing else left for him. So he just ends it. 
<laughs> only for a while he's bleeding out, choking on his own blood. You hear the garage the door camera, open. <laughs> only for the camera to pan back to the dining room table, which is now empty and neat, like nothing happened. There are no dead bodies anywhere. The wife and kids walk in from grocery shopping. Talking about their Caucasian day. You know. <laughs> school. And the, the wife turns around. Grocery store. The wife turns around after she comes in the kitchen, sees the husband lying there, and then, you know, screams. And then we're, we cut back to, um, you know, the sister and what's going on with her. And what got me so riled up about that scene was I, I and you're, I know you agree with me, I don't feel sorry for him. Like, I, I stopped. I stopped feeling sorry for him the moment he decided to just leave his sister, like just abandon your family. I just, I can't. I, and the way he did it too, I could understand like if he, if he talked to his sister first and then it maybe she wasn't getting it, if he like left in frustration or, or maybe forcibly took her I, with him, I don't know. But the fact that he just up and left without a word, just, I, I like, they're just, and they're, it, Yeah. I, I couldn't root for him. I'm like, you suck. Like it, you were, you were, what, is, what was his name? Um, David from, from uh, the lodge. Yes. It, yeah, it's, it David? Fuck, yes. It, it's, it's fuck both of them. He has joined. But it, was, has, it was very, it was, <laughs> it was very sinister, right? Like the, the demon doesn't take hold from you until you leave the, the environment. But I think, but, I think that was, you know, what, and that's, that's the thing that got me. Cause I'm just like, are you dumb? Are you dumb? Like, are you, are you, no, for real? No, I was so, I'm like, are you, I'm like, you clearly know this is what it does. Like it makes, <laughs> it makes you see stuff. Like you couldn't have waited five minutes or, or called the police or, or did something. And like, of course, you know, you would have looked dumb as fuck. Cause nobody would have been dead. And they just right. went in there. But at the same time, at least you would still be here. You would be alive. I just felt like if he just would have waited instead of just going straight to, uh, you know, I that's it. I'm I'm done. I that's I knowing full well that's what the fuck the thing does. I just I was so I was so upset. But I also think I'm it was like, interesting is- that he mirrored his situation onto his children. You know what I mean? Like he he put the he bottled up all that grief and and trauma that he was going through and losing his parents came home let it bleed all over the kitchen floor and then gave it right to his children mm. i just i was so, so yeah upset. no michael michael got what he what he asked for yeah because i'm just like you you like you you sliced your own throat the moment you left your sister and your father without a word i just i can't respect that i was so angry um but after so the family dynamic is essentially you know between those two which is like i think the the biggest one of the movie is severed. It's uh, t- severed. Um, it's, it's, it's just broken. It's, it's been cut. So, um, and with the, with, I would say with the home as a horror device on that front, um, it goes into like full tilt madness because now the sister literally has no one. Well, except the hospice nurse, but then <laughs> as we saw what happened, and this is what I meant when I said the demon played all day, because it was like, it played in Michael's face by taunting him with the mother. Yeah. Um, it played in Louis- Louisa's face by taunting her with um, the dad. 
And then uh, it played in Charlie's face by taunting her with Luis. And then with um, with uh, the 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 hospice nurse, um, it played with her religion. Like, like it played with her by making her see like who um, she prayed to and who she um, like looked up to and all this stuff. And the fact that like she literally blinded herself by stabbing herself in the eyes with these knitting needles and then later you know collapsed dead to the ground like that demon was and we never got to fully see the demon either no that's another thing that i liked about this movie and that's something i um like about um movies like the conjuring is um we rarely ever see the demon or creature head on we always see like we will not always we sometimes see like glimpses here and there but it's usually about the presence but then if we actually do see a glimpse it's like very quick or it's only like a piece or um like with this one because you know sometimes it would do that thing where it would crawl on the bed that was so creepy um we don't we don't get to see it full on but the glimpses we do get to see, I, I don't know, they're just c- combined with like the noise and like the the tension and the score accompaniment. It's just, it's very intense because um, when Louise wakes up, the hospice nurse is dead. She's by herself. She effectively, and then she makes this, she has the decision to leave her father, right? Yeah, or, she's like, I, I gotta go. <laughs> or, you know, to go back and save him. And unlike her pussy-ass brother, she decides to go back to her father's bedside. She's not going to leave him. Um, like, she's not going to let, like, that fear um, get her. But then at the end of the day, and like, this is, again, where the movie should have been called The Dark and the Wicked and the Bleak. Um, her father dies. Like, he utters his last breath. And then after he dies, if that wasn't enough, um, the demon just it it gets her too, and that in the movie and that's where the movie ends. Like everyone got got, <laughs> like it would, like you, there was we didn't even know. Just you you just died. If you walked like, onto that farm, you was you was not coming out. So it was almost like the grudge in that aspect, where you know that where you know they walked in the house and they walked in the location where it happened and after that they were like marked for death because as you could see the the brother left but that shit followed him home right and i'm just like but my yeah and i agree he wouldn't have put that shit on his family if he would have stayed his ass there i i just um and um something this movie never answered was the why Uh and that is why is this demon here in the first place? Like, why the father? What did he do? What, what, what happened? Like, when, why, what, what? Like, I want to know. Like, but the movie, it does not answer any of those questions. It kind of just throws us in there. Yeah, but that's, that's his, that's his style. Because in The Strangers, we never know why they pick those people. Well, uh, she said it, because you were home. Right, but so that's not a real reason. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a fucking scary reason. <laughs> okay, bitch. I was like, I remember when I came out and like, I was, again, I think I was in middle school. That shit, oh my God, that scared me so bad. Because it's like, it's not monsters, but it's like, it's people. It's like, uh, 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 this was different because, you know, it was a demon. But I just feel like, you know, with there being... <laughs> Uh, let's go back to scream like what's your motive and 
it being so much scarier if there is no motive. Yeah. Or you don't know what the motive is. But I think that it's like the whole shirking responsibility thing too, because that's, that's exactly what Michael did, right? Like he did not want to be responsible for his father anymore. He knew that the sister would stay because of her duties to the family. So he tried to go back and live his life. And he, even though it was harsh, he was punished (laughs) for not being a grown-up. And also, you know, and also like when you're in a family, like um, I would think, uh, especially with one, like, and that was a small family, just like two kids, two parents, you know, I feel like, I don't know. It's just, it's a part of your familial responsibility to be there for one another. And you can't, that's not something you just walk out on like he did. And he just, and essentially he lost both his families. Yep. <laughs> like, um, and bang, bang. So, yeah. So I don't know, you know, we don't know what the demon's motive was, but we do know that um, it had, it, it just, it, it played all day and then people's faces and eventually at the end of the day, it got exactly what it wanted. And then some, cause everyone else like really got, got like the, and I just love how they f- were slowly figuring out, like it was, it was worse. And they realized like when Michael was like, how did she, how did she get up there? Like to hang herself? Because you said like the tub to stand on, you found that over there, like it, like in the corner, it wasn't moved. So how did she get up there? Yeah. You know, yeah. There were so many questions. There were so many like un impossible things. But I feel like with the, with the impossible, that's like a, it's a, it's a fun, it it could be a fun, useful tool to use um, in plot and for storytelling, like how you use it. Um, Like having like the, the, I don't knows, but having them, and, and they can be so frustrating, but having them actually carry like um, narrative weight, like that, that is, that's like, but a good, the good kind where it's like, I don't know. And it's frustrating me, but you know, it made this movie better instead of like, I don't know. And it just, it made no sense. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. So, um, there were no MacGuffins in the making of this film. Thank God. There were also no black people in the making of this film. Again, girl, we gotta stop doing that. We're just, (laughs) um, again, there were none, but, um, like not even the farmhand dude was black. Cause if if any character was going to be black, it would have been that guy. No, my God. (laughs) The nurse was black. Never mind. I lied. The nurse was black. I thought she was Latina. Is I don't know. She was of color. She was a person of color. So we had one, perhaps. But it I mean, she was still everyone got got. So it's just like, damn it, every like all it, only person who really survived was the um the real priest who had no idea what the fuck was going on. Yeah. If he even was a priest. Right. I don't know. We don't know. Um, but quick quick things before uh we sign off with uh this movie um the mother kept a diary and oh the diary jesus and i loved i loved how that was used because it said everything that she couldn't say or was not telling the kids they found out by reading the diary like um like about she was like talking to the like demon. someone or, or the thing or like it was in the house and it's making the house feel like you know 
like oppressive and all this stuff. And like, just, it was really like creepy hearing them like read it out loud and everything. And how, um, when she was reading it, um, Michael was trying not to hear any of it, like at all. Um, yeah, Michael just, was in denial, like the whole movie. And it took, it, it took, I think it was the priest um, coming for him to like really, re- well, no, the mom. Cause then he admitted it to, I think after they saw the priest, he admitted to his sister um this is either before or after they saw the priest where he i think it was after where he admitted to his sister he had saw the mother like where they actually had that sit down while yeah at, no yeah because after the priest came you couldn't deny like you you can't you can't explain that away so then the sister was like i told you i saw our dad in the shower and you didn't believe me and then the spiders and then the other thing and the other thing oh my god that fucking spider <laughs> and then he was like yeah i've seen some things too you're not crazy i saw mom in yeah. the thing so yeah the notebook um and then having to like you know fess up to each other like well really the brother fess up cuz he was in so such denial and how um like the pacing um, with it being like over the course of seven days, um, again, like we said, like that first 15 minutes, it, the, the movie does not rest. Like you don't, the, it feels like there are little pockets of like, <gasps> like, okay, let me just, uh, okay, let me just read before we go back under. But it's just like, no, like we're, we're in this, like you don't get to breathe. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, mean, I think that was, I think that was a good thing and a bad thing. I don't know. Sometimes it was annoying. It added, it added to, again, like, I keep saying the word, like, the bleak, because I think, you know, yeah, like, the bleak, where it's just, like, it it's so depressing, because it, it literally gives you, it does not give you a lot of room to rest. Like, because, you know, like, there is, sometimes in horror movies, like, there are those spaces of, like, happy activity of, like, you know, calm or quiet, and with this one, I... It does, if it's quiet, it, it, it's usually not even a good thing because it's like, oh my God, like that's that's where Bertino flourishes, like in the quiet. Yeah. Like, as we saw, like in The Strangers in that scene where Liv Tyler is in the kitchen and it's that wide shot and without sound at all, the masked man just walks in. That was actually the uh, the poster for the movie. Yeah, I remember. Like iconic, but yes. Um, uh, last thing I think... Um, um, you, comparable films. You mentioned the Babadook. Why? Because I think it was that same. Even though the, I, I think it's in the same realm, right? Because the Babadook to me was like a, a metaphor of like Green. what it, what it's like to live with depression, and, and then yeah. still have to be a mother to your kid, and like a all good mother other too, right? And then you you can't really talk about it, so it comes out in another way. And yep. this film to me is a personification of grief and a personification of death and dying because in that situation where you are now a a caretaker to your parents it literally affects everyone right and you can't you, you can't complain you know what i mean it's hard for you yes it's traumatic for everyone but if you step into that role you can't complain about it once you're there and i and, and you kind of just have to buck up and deal with it. And I think that that buck, the, the act of like stepping up and, and doing all those things comes out in different ways. It makes you short tempered. You're tired all the time. It does all this other yeah. stuff and it changes your perspective. And I think that's why to me that those that are similar because even though in the Babadook, like we see depression. Yeah. I think 
depression depression and grief are similar in the ways that it it could look the same for multiple people but it doesn't look the same for everyone you know what yeah. i mean and it's yeah. easier to put a face for depression than it is to to a grief like this yeah because yeah. this is a very specific situation and if you haven't been there you have no idea what this is yeah yeah it yeah the movie definitely hit different um in in a lot of different ways and the Babadook comparison I think is very good because family is put at the center um someone is being cared for essentially you know like the the mother caring for the son he's not he's not sick like the father was but um you know she's dependent upon her yeah yeah she has it's very dependent on her and then um how kind of um, at the towards the end it's like kind of they switch roles where it's like the son taking care of the mother um and i feel like with this with the weese it's like she's caring for the dad but by the end of the movie it's like she's caring for um i would say essentially like the family relationship because she doesn't she doesn't abandon she stays yeah. um and but she's the one that found the mom first She's the one, you know, she's kind of, the daughter's kind of like the catalyst to all of these, these family situations, I think. Cause she, she goes outside and that's where the brother talks to her because they're by themselves. She's the one that talks to the mother and tries to like do all the things. I think, I, I don't know. It never said if she was the older one, did it? I don't think so. I don't know who the older one was, but I just feel like, you know, even through, through after all of that, like, you know, it just, she's still, she's still got got, she's still got put through the ringer and it just, it seemed all for not, but that, I think that goes to what you were saying about like it being like such a thank, a thankless role. Um, and with her being like um, trying to survive herself, but also trying to save her father. Um, it's just, you know, there's not it's very it's very dark <laughs> yeah. territory um and wicked <laughs> because um <laughs> how it how it can how it can really change someone into um like um a very like um depressing angsty angry person like eventually what happened to the brother because the guilt ba- the like basically he abandoned the the family but the guilt is what killed him yeah um because and that's so yeah um but yes um the dark and the wicked um i highly recommend yes it came out it's a it's a recent movie it came out last year um i think in the fall if y'all are like feeling some type of way if you're unsure check at least watch the first 15 minutes and decide if this is the movie for you. You got to yeah, you got to get to the you got to get to the uh the cutting board. Yeah. <laughs> Once get, you get there, you you in it. You you, get, you you're in it. Get to the morning after that and then see how you feel if you want to continue cuz it's it's a pretty like it doesn't it doesn't let up after that. Um but that was um scary crit. Um First one. Oh, announcement, announcement, announcement. We are taking a short break. We have um, put out episodes every month since September, August, September. 
September. I don't know. We need a bit of a break. We're going to relax, zen out a little bit, tweak some things, come back in February? Yes, we're coming back February. We are coming back. So um, that's three weeks of no new episodes. Is it? Is that what we said? We said February, right? I don't know. I might be lying. Um, we no, we did we did say February. This is our last one of January, and we are coming back on. Um, we're coming back on February third, which I think is. Please tell me that is not Super Sunday. No, it's Wednesday. I'm sorry. I can't. Sorry, my bad. I don't even watch football. What am I talking about? Anyway, <laughs> anyway, that um, is that is that is a Wednesday. That is the third. It's so a Wednesday. The first, it's the first the Wednesday first- in February. The first week of February, we will be back. Um, but yeah, we'll be definitely tweaking some things. We will be active on our social media accounts. We'll be doing, you know, fun questions or just fun posts. So feel free to interact with us on the social media pages on um, at Scary Crit Pod. Um, on wait. Instagram. And yes, Twitter. Instagram. We're also on Twitter. You can email us at... Uh, why do I always get the email wrong? My mind. Um, it's scary crit podcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Because it's, it's the two, like, why do we, the cast, thank you, at gmail.com. Um, we will see you guys on the socials, but um, if you're new, give our um, previous episodes a listen. We are so grateful. This is this has definitely been um, one of the brightest highlights of last year for me. Um, and I'm excited to see what happens um, for scary crit. Um, this year in 2021, um, I have, um, I'll say quiet hopes because I don't know what this year is going to be. I just, I don't know, but we will, we'll see. But I, I do love this show. I love the, what we have here and I'm excited to see it grow into um, what it might grow into. So um, I hope that you have all enjoyed it so far and hope that y'all enjoyed this episode. It was so nice to be back. It only it had only been like the regular time, but I think because we went through two holidays, it felt like so forever. long. <laughs> <That was> so <laughs> long. Like we went to Christmas, New Year's. I was like, okay, we're okay. We're oh, we're back. Um, but yeah, we will see y'all um next month. And um yeah, stay safe, keep your mask on, wash your hands, stay in the house unless it's essential that you go out. Stay safe. Don't start. let the anamorph worms get you oh my god not the anamorph worms <laughs> between between worms crawling into your ears and and spiders crawling out of mouths i'm just i'm done because that happened in, in the movie, in the movie. And I, I was like i almost paused and I, I was about to get up i'm like i didn't i didn't i didn't click this to watch this you didn't nope. sign up for the bugs I did not. I don't do, I don't do spiders. We don't go away. Get away. But okay. Y'all have a good one. Take care. All right. Be well, podcast people till February. (laughs) 